Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you this signing day? Surprisingly sober. <laughs> well, you know, normally it is a very – I'll tell you what, uh, 15 years ago, this would have been a champagne-induced coma for both of us. But I think now <laughs> when, when we finish just with the number two class and we wrap it up by signing – a top 40 prospect in Jace McClellan uh, and steal him away from Oklahoma. Everybody's kind of like, yeah, it was, it was nice. It could have been a little better, but it was nice. <laughs> it is crazy. Our standards are so I, – I don't even think we realize as a fan base what our standards have become. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm afraid we'll just find out when, when Coach Saban retires down the road. We, we will then find out the damage we have done to ourselves with the, the, these standards because I did see it was very few people I don't want to make it out to be you know 25 percent of the of the tide fandom but you know just a handful of people moaning and groaning all day about this class and it it is just hilarious to me the the standards that we've uh that that uh really what I what I say is Nick Saban has built a monster and we're enjoying the hell out of the monster and then he's going to retire, and that monster will eat us. <laughs> that's, that's sort of how I how I that, that's 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 my dark forecast for the future. But for now, the monster is alive and doing well. And for all those that think the dynasty is dead, I would just say that that what we signed today is probably the backbone of a championship class. Although I say that, and and I'll get to I'll get to the pessimism in, in a minute. I, I don't think this group is is nearly as good, not even nearly as good as a group we signed last year. I think the 2019 class is unbelievable, and we're going to find out, you know, just how good in the future when a few more of those guys get healthy and are playing. But uh, no, no, today today was a, a, a really really good day. Not a great day per Saban standards. But overall, a really, really good day. The rankings speak for themselves. They do. And I think Clemson clearly had the best class in the country. At least they did in, in my eyes. And it looks like like everybody else's too. So I'm not going out on a limb here. Um, but I thought pretty clearly we had the second best class in the country. Yes, there were a few guys um, that we missed on, quote unquote. But, you know, we, we missed on those guys earlier we knew it I mean it's not like today broke our hearts I mean there was some talk yesterday that J.J. McGee's may end up going to Alabama and I think it was close I just think he ended up having a longer relationship with Auburn and so that's where he winds up and that's fine I mean we didn't expect him to be in this class until yesterday afternoon so it's really no harm no foul um Darnell Washington didn't sign so we still got a shot at him I mean uh, if you ask me, I would have liked to have signed a guy like Eric Taylor um, out of Thompson High School or, uh, or excuse me, Hewitt Trussell. Um, I, I would have liked to have, have signed him, certainly, uh, because Agreed. he's a local guy. But, you know, we signed nine guys from the state of Alabama, which is the most we've signed in quite some time. And I've been sort of clamoring for more people in state so that they will take things like the Iron Bowl. Uh, a little bit more seriously the way I do uh, because I feel like that has been one thing that Alabama has lacked is, is when it comes to the iron bowl, 
even in our big victories, sometimes it seems like Auburn tends to want it more. We look at it like, hey, it's the game before the SEC championship game. Um, and they tend <laughs> to look at it like, hey, we want to beat Alabama's ass. And th- I'm not saying that's the way it is every time, but it feels that way. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I agree that I've wanted more of an emphasis on the in-state kids. And I think to some extent we got that. I still, hey, it's up to me. We'd assigned even two or three more in-state kids like Eric Taylor that you bring up, which I think, you know, as a kid we should have offered and taken, and we didn't. Uh, he'll be going to LSU, and it's not like they're idiots. I mean, it's not like LSU's like, yeah, let's 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 find let's let's find a kid in Alabama that's no good. No, I mean LSU's pretty pretty smart about how they assemble a team, obviously. Uh, but the way I look at it, it's not necessarily Iron Bowl related, although that is that is a factor and that is a good point. I, I would say that I get frustrated if we go to Texas or we go to California or we go to North Dakota or South Dakota to sign a kid who's not as good as a kid from Selma, Montgomery, Huntsville, or Dothan. I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm, I want to sign the best player possible, even if he's from Mars, that's fine. But don't, don't go to the other side of the continent to sign a kid and then, and then, then we find out. Well, hell, he's not quite as good as that kid from uh, from Aniston High School in, in Alabama. So I, I, I just want us to be more thorough about the kids in state. And 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 sure, go sign Bryce Young from California. Absolutely. For instance, I'm high. I'm a fan of Robbie Ashford. I have been. I, I was like the only one. I felt I was the only recruiting analyst in the state that really liked Robbie Ashford a lot. Uh, he's a top 10 in-state guy for me. I, I, I think he's really good. And today, he, he signs with Oregon, who is a fantastic program. As a matter of fact, right now, I say clear Oregon is easily a top 10 program in this country right now. Uh, they won the Pac-12. They're likely to win the Rose Bowl, and they're signing a great class. And uh, they're clearly the class of that league, and uh, they're a top 10 program. They took Robbie Ashford. And, yeah, go get Bryce Young. Bryce, as much as I like Robbie Ashford – you definitely sign Bryce Young if you can. You take Young over Ashford, definitely. But you know, so 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 I agree. I agree with get the best player possible. But is for instance, Jamil Burroughs from Georgia, who's not even eligible, and so we didn't sign him today. Is he better than Eric Taylor? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know this. Taylor will be at LSU next year. I'm not sure Burroughs is going to be at Alabama. Maybe. Yeah, I think probably talent-wise, Jamel Burrow may be better, and a lot of people believe that. Um, He's ranked higher. But, you know, the fact that Eric Taylor is local, won't get homesick, uh, is eligible, I mean, that's got to count for something. And, look, we always have to preface these criticisms with, Nick Saban's better than us. I'm not talking about yeah, football. Yeah. I'm talking about it life. But he, he's <laughs> just about breathing, 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 you know, hanging out. He's better at just hanging out. He's somehow better than me at relaxing, which makes no sense. I mean, like I'm essentially a jellyfish when it comes to relaxing. And Nick Saban's got to be better than me at it because he's just better he's than me at it. Damn sure better podcaster than either one of us. Damn sure. Oh, if he had a podcast, that'd be amazing. What if he? Oh, yeah. What if they were like, if we got a phone call from the powers that be, Mister and Ms. Locked On, um, and they said, you know what, we're letting you guys go. We'd be like, oh hell no, you're not. 
We've got plenty of listeners. We got uh, plenty of twitter tweeters, followers, whatever you call them. And uh, we even signed up some people from MySpace, and they'd say, "Well, we're replacing you with Nick Saban." We'd be like, "That's fair." You know, <laughs> I mean, we'd, we'd have to give Good in call. to that one. Um, be like, "Well, that's a right, damn so, fine decision." Hell, I so apologize talk- for taking up any of your former airtime. Yeah, I, I yield my time to the to the coach from uh, Alabama. That's I've been watching some of the impeachment hearings today, and and this is I don't care if you're for impeachment or against impeachment. I don't care, and I know I think right now as we speak he's being impeached, but this has been the funniest and cringeworthy, awfulest thing I've ever watched. It is literally like watching a bunch of old white men go on speed date, but it's a speed date with other politicians. I mean, it, they get up there and all see the same speech. And, and for either side, it's the same thing every time. I, and frankly, I don't know. I mean, I was kind of shocked because I turned it on NBC thinking, okay, you know, we're going to have some little bit more recruiting talk and I'm, I'm here for it. And they were having all the impeachment hearings. I'm like, do they not know it's national signing day? I mean, we impeach presidents all the time. National Signing Day is only once a year, guys. <laughs> it's twice a yeah, year. I'm a, lot more, I'm a lot more interested. I'm a lot more interested in the National Signing Day than that. Um, okay. Whatever so the hell, whatever the hell is happening up there, I know this. I don't care what 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 side you're on. It's just a, a despicable embarrassment. I'd say that to the face of any Democrat or Republican. We should all, as Americans, be embarrassed about what's going on up there. I feel like what we should do is is carve out a piece of the country and put all of them on it and say, y'all run that. We're going to elect a whole bunch of new people that that aren't crazy, that aren't crazy right or crazy left. And we're going to try and figure out some things and everybody's going to have to meet in the middle. And um, it's like Eddie Murphy said, uh, I think it was Eddie Murphy, when he said getting married is about finding somebody just as miserable as you are and being happy with it. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of how <laughs> being a, a citizen should be. Let's all be a little bit more miserable and maybe we'll all get to be a little bit more happy that way. But anyway. Yeah. Well, let's just find like the five smartest people. Let's, let's have a test. Let, let's give everybody a test and let's find the five smartest people and send them up there. Let them run everything. Yeah. I'm with it. Or just, you know, Steve, Stephen Hawking passed, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He died. He's probably ah, still the smartest guy though. Yeah, he probably, probably is. still I mean, the smartest guy even dead. Yeah, he, he could be. Yeah, he's, he's better than somebody. If we could hook him up to our car battery, I don't know. I said, I said look, this for another podcast. It's got to be for uh, Mythbusters or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, so, Jimmy, I, I want to talk about – look, everybody that listens to this podcast has been following recruiting all day, so they know all the stories. But the one that uh, is very – two that were very intriguing, of course, Bryce Young waiting till 3 o'clock. And the fact that nobody carried his announcement or signing on a live stream was baffling to me. I was like, if I lived within a 300-mile radius of wherever in California he was signing, I would be there and I would live stream it. And I would say, it's a nickel per stream. And I would walk out of there with enough money to go to the Bicycle Casino and disappoint myself. In Los Angeles, but um, so he he finally signed with Alabama, obviously, and he's going to be a fan favorite like nobody's business. And then immediately right after that, Tua Tungavailoa tweets, "Decisions, decisions." So I don't even know what that means. I mean, it could mean a million things. Like he could be debating Taco Casa or Innisfree. I don't know. But um, so and then Jace McClellan, 
who I absolutely love. And now that gives us three backs in this class. And weirdly, I think they're all kind of the same back. I mean, I think Jason McClellan is the best of the three, but I think they're all, none of them are burners, but they're all very tough. Um, they appear to all be pretty good out of the backfield in terms of catching. And um, they all just seem to have a real gritty Mark Ingram-y vibe to them. I mean, I've seen Roy Dale Williams a few times, and he's not what I would call a burner. I mean, he's plenty fast, just like Jason McClellan's plenty fast, just like Kyle Edwards is. But all of them just seem like the tough, gritty, you know, I'm going to get you four yards. I may not take one for 90, but I'm going to get you four. Right. Yeah, I love the backs. Uh, great. I give us uh, A-plus at quarterback, A-plus at quarterback. Uh, I, I say A-plus at running back, not because I would say just Jace McClellan is a five-star or that even Roy Dell's a five-star, but I think particularly with those two guys at the forefront, when you send both of those guys, that, that, that makes it an A-plus. Two, two national top 100 players who are backs and uh, an intriguing guy, Kyle Edwards, but uh, A-plus at quarterback. A plus at running back. Uh, right now, I would say it's incomplete at wide receiver or tight end. Uh, I, I am a huge fan of Theo Jones Jones Bell. Uh, huge fan of his, and and I love him. Uh, I think Treshawn Holden is good. He, he's solid. I, I I don't think he's a star. I think he's solid. Caden Clark. Eh, I mean, based on his ranking, and then he hurt his knee. It's it's hard to be excited about a guy that's ranked like. 450th in the country in the composite who, who also tore up his knee. Uh, it's fair if you're going, uh, not sure about that guy. Uh, but I also think uh, we will focus on tight end and wide receiver in the late period. I think we will be adding a guy or two. So I'd say incomplete there. Offensive line, just to be bluntly honest, because that's what you get from us here as opposed to other podcasts or websites who are just cheerleaders uh, while we are great cheerleaders because we look so good in the skirts. Um, but that's kind of where the cheerleading ends for us, you know, dressing like, like them. Uh, but I, I don't think we did great on the offensive line. We signed three guys. I, I like Cohen. Good take. Uh, I'll just say that, that George and McLaughlin, they're not, it's not just me. They're not ranked high. Th these are not guys that are ranked high in the composite. So it's fair to question, uh, could we do a little better there? But we signed a great offensive line class a year ago. That was a fantastic offensive line group last year. So, so it's fine that, that you can have an average take the next year after, after a great group the year before. So offensive line, I give more of a C, a C, and an incomplete at wide receiver and tight end, but A-plus at quarterback and running back. You sort of – you think you agree with that? Yeah, oh, I yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, the offensive line is a little underwhelming. But, I mean, we – I think we've got plenty of offensive linemen right now. And, I mean, you could always get more, but um, I'm hopeful that we will pick that up again next year. Receiver, I mean, yeah, if we could have had Arian Smith, I mean, that would have just really been awesome or could have stolen somebody like Rakeem Jarrett who left LSU at the altar for Maryland. I mean, that's kind of odd. After he said, you know, Shocker. look, I can't – yeah, that was, it was weird on a lot of levels because I didn't think he could sign at all or – Maybe he came, maybe he just came in roll early. Maybe that's what he was saying. But um, he just he just said, "Yeah, it's a business decision." I'm like, "What business are you in? Making crab cakes? Because going to Maryland, I mean, I guess uh, you know the NFL will find you wherever you are. But I mean, and maybe he's looking at it like, okay, Maryland's quarterback situation because I think they are okay at quarterback. 
They they arguably might be better than LSU because I don't know what in the world LSU's got a quarterback next year. Um, but my goodness, I mean, if really you want to, if it was a business decision and you don't want to come catch passes from Bryce Young or potentially Tua Tungvaluwa or Mac Jones or oh my God, I, you know whatever, dude. I mean, do you do you? But um, yeah. I, I, Offensive line was a little lacking. Tight end, obviously disappointing. Of course, that would change dramatic. It would go from a C minus to an A plus if you get Darnell Washington. Um, and right. of course, I'm not optimistic the, about. I'm not optimistic there. I don't rule it out, but I'm not optimistic there. No, I'm not optimistic either. Um, but you're right. Defensive, go to an A plus with with that dude. He's a six star. Uh, I thought. Well, before we get into the defense, let me just go ahead and shoot out these live reads here spotify wrapped. Yeah. if you're a spotify listener use spotify wrapped to show us your top locked on podcast for the year take a screenshot and tag us at locked on live or at locked on bama on twitter and we will share and we will retweet meanwhile here's another thing and i did check this out this is pretty cool uh the breaking tea that i just talked about the other day i hadn't talked about it ever before because they hadn't been a sponsor before but it's breaking and then just the letter t if you're looking for a last minute fun sports gift for the holidays go to breakingtea.com backslash locked on breaking tea makes sports t-shirts around teams passion moments great for all fans go to breakingtea.com backslash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and more fun sports gifts. It really was cool stuff. So I highly encourage everybody to go do that. Uh, you know, after you get done manscaping and um, uh, Spotify wrapping, you can go check out Breaking Tea. So, Jimmy, let's go to the defense. Um, linebackers, I mean, it's hard to give them anything but an A double plus, right? I mean, that's maybe one of the best linebacking groups ever. Yep. I mean, that's the uh, bell cow. I mean, even when you sign a six-star quarterback like like Bryce Young and those good backs, uh, you know, we gave a pluses to quarterback and running back. Uh, if there if there is something better than an A plus uh, for the linebackers, I mean, I don't know. Is there, I mean, I wouldn't know. I didn't make good grades, so maybe there is something better than an A plus. But linebacker, we just hit it out of the park. Great. I, I love. I love all six. I know Drew Sanders and Chris Braswell probably highlight the group, and that's understandable. But, heck, down there at the bottom, somebody like Jackson Bratton, uh, I take him 99 times out of 100. He, he, he's, a, he's a top 10 in-state player uh, in, my, in my rankings, and uh, I, I think he has a chance to be a multi-year starter. So all six linebackers are fantastic, A-plus-plus there. Uh, I think the defensive line group, again, I give it an incomplete. I think we need to focus on that spot in the late period. Uh, I do like – I love Tim Smith. I think Tim Smith can be a star. I think he, his upside's fantastic. I'm okay with Latham. Uh, my question with him is just always going to be he's from a 1A school, and sometimes we haven't had the best luck when we take those small school guys, particularly at the line of scrimmage. So – I'm not sold that Latham is great, but I, I don't criticize the take, if that makes sense. I mean, I'm fine with taking a flyer on him, uh, but, uh, you know, with only two, uh, I give that an incomplete. Let's see where we're at in the late period. DB group, I think is better than the offensive line group, but again, I'm going to not give that a good grade. I'm going to say a C plus. Uh, I, I think Ronald Williams has a chance to help us, but I, I'm not 
convinced he's a star player. Uh, I think Malachi Moore and Jacquez Robinson are just guys. To me, now I hope they surprise me. To me, they're just like pretty good. Let, let, let's see. Now, the safeties I like. The safeties I do like. Brian Branch is a really good prospect, and I like Chris Story. I, I, I think Chris Story is going to be a good safety. I hope he doesn't waste a lot of time trying to play another spot. Nick said today that, that Christian can sort of pick his spot. He can play where he wants to play. I hope he just chooses to play safety and doesn't waste a lot of time somewhere else because I think safety is where his upside is, and uh, and I do like him. So I love Branch. I like Story. Uh, I think the other three, Williams, Moore, and, and Robinson, are, are okay, probably not as good as kids we often sign to play DB. So uh, DB, eh, okay. Linebacker, A++. Defensive line, incomplete, but but not bad with, with the two we're bringing in. Um, let's go around the the league and the country a little bit here. Uh, I thought it was interesting. LSU lost uh, Rakeem Jarrett, and they also lost uh, Jermaine Burton, who flipped to Georgia, and it cost LSU. I mean, they they were right there in the driver's seat for number one in the country. Some people thought if they could have closed on a guy like Jordan Birch to go with the guys that they thought they'd keep, well, instead of gaining a five-star, they lose two others. They do get Phillip Webb. Uh, which that's one guy I really wish we could have had. But um, they they drop all the way to number five. Clemson, of course, number one. Alabama, two. Ohio State, three. Georgia, four. LSU, five. A&M, six. And Auburn, seven. I mean, that's, that's – Florida, eight, by the way. Uh, that's pretty damned ridiculous that the SEC is like that. I thought Auburn had a pretty good day. They got they got some really good players late. I mean, J.J. Pegue is the only one I would have wanted Alabama to take. But uh, like that, Eric Reed is is pretty good, I think. Um, and they've got a guy to flip from Miami. Although I think at this point, <laughs> if you're Miami or Southern Cal, my goodness gracious, how the mighty have fallen. I mean, I, I keep wanting to laugh and then I keep going, well, maybe I shouldn't laugh because what if in 30 years we are where they are or 20 years or something like that? Because USA finished dead last in the Pac-12 in recruiting. That should never Isn't happen. That, uh, How does that happen? Unbelievable. <clears throat> it's unbelievable. Um, I mean, it's, it's literally just unbelievable. Uh, how can you – it would be hard to do on purpose. Now, here's the reason, and I talk about this all the time, and what do you know? It can kick off a fun rant for me. I, I, if you want to recruit well and sign a good class, I don't care if you're Alabama – Ohio State, Southern Cal, or Kentucky or Vandy, if you want to sign a good class, this is what has to happen. All the fans have to be excited, and all the oars have to be rowing in one direction. But when you have a significant percentage of the fan base super negative, negative posts on boards, negative calls to talk shows, negative crap all over social media about – our program sucks. We need to fire the coach. Everything here sucks. Our players suck. The program sucks. We need to fire the coach. How can you possibly recruit like that? And we've had that problem at Alabama. I complain about it, and then all, all I get is people saying, uh, you know, uh, LJS complains about the fans too much. Well, that's what happened at USC. And I'm not blaming – it is true. They, they probably should have made a coaching change. Clay Helton doesn't appear to me to be the long-term answer there. I'm stunned he still has a job myself. But if anyone wants to know, how in the hell could USC possibly come in last in recruiting? That's why. That's why. All the kids they're recruiting 
that are fans of USC that are considering signing with USC, you know what they do? They go to 24-7 and they read the message boards. They read the message boards at, at rivals. They, they, what, as fans, why do, why do we assume that they don't? Of course they are. If people are talking about you somewhere on the Internet, guess what you're going to do? You're going to go read about it. You want to hear what everybody's saying about you. That's, what, that's how we exist, yet we have a lot of fans like, these players don't waste their time reading these message boards. Bullshit. Yeah, they do. All of them do because they want to know what's being said about them. So when they look at the message boards and all the message board talks about is, when are we going to fire our coach? This is ridiculous. Why is that kid going to sign with USC? So that is why USC can finish dead last behind Oregon State, behind Washington State, behind Cal, behind the Arizona schools, behind UCLA, struggling UCLA, because overwhelming negativity in the fan base, maybe some of it's justifiable. I agree they need to fire Clay Hilton, but if you want to know why USC finished dead last, overwhelming negativity in the fan base, and you cannot recruit when all that's going on. So, Well, that's, that's so true, but here's the thing. They barely finish with a class better than Arkansas. And Arkansas has essentially not had a coach and been turned down by several other coaches before they hired a coach that nobody had really ever heard of. That it was more famous for getting on Twitter and doing quick TikTok videos of saying, yes, sir, than anything else. <laughs> and, and Arkansas is also in Arkansas. Southern Cal is in Los Angeles. If Southern Cal, if you're the coach at Southern Cal, and you had a football, you can punt it in any direction and hit a five-star. You can't do that in Arkansas. So it's just, it's crazy. And then the other thing that's, and we could do a whole podcast on this, you know, while the SEC has, okay, Alabama finishes first in the league and second nationally, Georgia is fourth nationally, LSU fifth, A&M sixth, Auburn seventh, Florida eighth. Then you go to Tennessee at 15th, South Carolina at 17th. So, I mean, I just rattled off a bunch of teams in our league, but you go to the ACC, is Clemson one, and they have six five-stars. The next closest ACC team on the list is Miami with no five-stars at 18 in the country, and North Carolina with no five-stars and number 19 in the country, and then Florida State at 21 with no five-stars and number 21 in the country. I mean, when you talk about Clemson going undefeated and you talk about anybody in the SEC having one or two losses, those two things are about equal given the the gauntlet that the SEC teams have to go through. And again, that's not just SEC bias. That is Clemson has more good players by a long shot over anybody else in that conference. And Alabama, as much as we killed it on the recruiting trail, doesn't have a significant lead over the likes of Georgia or LSU. or And, and then there may be a step down and you go to A&M and Auburn, but it still makes them really, really tough to play, especially if you have a couple of key injuries like we did. Yeah, you better recruit well in the SEC just to tread water. I mean, you you yeah. gotta you gotta sign a great group just to keep your head above the water because you'll get passed in a hurry, and everybody's got good players. And where 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 fans can go a little wrong with recruiting rankings, let's remember this. I mean, every, you know, all these teams are signing twenty kids or more, 
and, and you do it year after year after year, and, and you got all these recruiting rankings. Well, let, let's remember this: you, you only really play twenty-two. You only have twenty-two starters. You only that—that's how the the team that that signs the ninth best group four years in a row, how they could end up with the best team, because you don't play with all eighty-five. You only play with your best twenty-two. And when you're the ninth-rated recruiting class year after year after year, your best 22 players can be really, really good. Just like if you've recruited the number one class every single year, your best 22 are going to be really good. Well, so is number nine. I mean, because each recruiting class, if you think about it, only has got to produce six or seven starters, assuming everybody stays healthy. And I know that never happens. But I'm just saying you only need six or seven starters out of each recruiting class. So it's 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 – it's why it's hard to win. Even when you recruit great, it's hard to win because everybody you're playing against, they're signing six or seven good players every year. I promise you that's true in this league. You know, they're, they're signing six or seven good ones. And uh, Here's the other thing too, Jimmy, that um, I think separates Alabama's class from a lot of these other classes. Um, really, I don't know that anybody else signed, signed an impact quarterback in the SEC. Uh, we did, obviously. I mean, I don't think what, LSU what's a great did. year for quarterbacks, you know? What it, it a great wasn't. quarterback year nationally. It really there, was. There was like – there were two or three. I mean, that Yuga Legally uh, yeah. decided with Clemson. Uh, I'm not going to pretend I could pronounce that right. But uh, then, of course, Bryce Young. I think I nailed it. And then, of course, I Bryce Young. And then, you know, Georgia signs Carson Beck, who at one time was committed to Alabama. But, I mean, he's a top 150, top 200 guy. I mean, he's not – He's oh, not like just him. a slam dunk. He, he's good. He's good. But he's not a slam dunk to – I mean, I'm, right, I'm not right. saying he's going to come in and fill Jake Fromm's shoes, although he might have to <laughs> if they don't yeah. go to the transfer yeah. market. Um, yep. But, you know, LSU didn't sign a, a, a quarterback that's going to make much of a difference. Uh, now, uh, Texas A&M signed the – what? His name's Keynes King, I think. Um, is that his name? The, and, and Tennessee signed – what was his name? Harrison Bailey? Harrison Bailey, yeah, yeah, who's who's a nice yeah. quarterback. He's a good quarterback. I think, yeah, I think just everybody did did fine. But no, no doubt, I, I love that point. Alabama signed the best quarterback in in the league in the SEC. I don't think there's any question. I mean, in terms of talent and potential, that Bryce Young is by far the best quarterback to sign with an SEC school by far. And uh, what a huge advantage for Alabama. Again, uh, I know there'll be some level of negativity in what I'm about to say in a few minutes. Is a little negative, but but I'll, I'll say. This. Alabama hit home runs at quarterback, running back, and linebacker, and that that's that's a that's that's a significant portion of your team: quarterbacks, running backs, linebackers. And Alabama hit a home run at those spots. Uh, so it can't possibly be too bad news when you're hitting home runs at three critical position groups. And and just what I was going to say, negative is this and. And again, I'll choose my words carefully because I don't, I don't want to make too big a deal of this. I don't want people listening to make too big a deal of this. But first of all, the recruiting class isn't done. We're going to add two or three guys or more uh, in in the late period. To, so so two or three more are coming, and that can change things. I'm just saying, as of as of now, the group we signed today, and, and taking that as let's pretend it's the whole group, and we're not adding to it. I, I think it would it would be on the low end of the Saban groups, excluding 07, which doesn't count, the group that Nick signed in just a month, uh, excluding 07. From 08 forward, uh, I, I think this class is a lot closer to the bottom than the top. 
but realize what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I'm comparing it to basically the greatest recruiting classes ever assembled, not just at Alabama, but in SEC history. Alabama's recruiting classes under Saban, the very best ones, are among the best classes ever signed by any program in the SEC's history. So I'm saying compared to those groups, eh, this isn't quite as good in my opinion. It's not quite as good because there's there's 11 guys, I think 11, that are just fantastic of the 23 I think we signed today. 11 are just fantastic. The other 12 is why it's not as good as the 08 group. It's not as good as the 2019 group last year. It's not as good as the 2017 group with all those juniors like Tua and Najee and, and, and Ruggs and Jerry Judy. Uh, it's not as good as those groups. That's what I'm saying. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's shitty or crappy per Alabama standards. I'm just saying it's, if you line up all of Saban's recruiting classes, uh, I think this one is, is closer to the bottom. But the bottom of what? I mean, it's still, it's still easily one of the 20 best recruiting classes in the history of the University of Alabama. So, yeah, it's pretty damn good. I think if we add somebody like a McKinley Jackson and or a Darnell Washington, obviously, it changes everything. I think just McKinley Jackson would change everything at this point because yeah, I believe one more, they do. Just like one more five-star type. And I know McKinley's not a five-star, but really he is. He, he, he might is be in real life. But yeah, he is in real life. I mean, you think he's a five-star, and totally, I think he's a five-star. Yeah, the recruiting industry just totally dropped the ball on McKinley Jackson. I, I don't understand. He's the best prospect. He is the best prospect in Alabama or Mississippi. In the two states combined, he's the best prospect. How the hell is he no, not I agree a five-star? I agree with that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got to wrap up, Jimmy, but we will have another podcast. We will have one out earlier than normal. I mean, sorry, these have been a little bit later. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to keep an eye on Alabama blowing this basketball lead as we talk. They had a huge lead uh, at the half. What, what, so they're, what is they're, it now? It's back what? down to 10. It's back down to 10 now, but I mean, okay. I'm, I'm watching on my phone as we're talking, and it, I mean, okay. seriously, I, why we say – Herb Jones, if you ever get the basketball, just pass it to anybody in any jersey. No, pass it to anybody in any color jersey because it's going to be better to just turn it over immediately rather than break everybody's heart. He missed a dunk a few minutes ago. Um, he's also you know how, like in baseball, you have designated hitters. You know, yes. they, they play offense only, and you don't even give them a glove. They don't need to bring a glove to the ballpark. They don't play defense. We need something like that in basketball for a player on the court, but in Herb's case, we don't need him to play offense. He needs to be designated defender. So He needs to snowbird on defense, which is unheard of. I mean, only some, <laughs> only like crazy old men at the YMCA do that. They're like, I know I can't shoot. I'm going to stay out here and foul somebody. That's what he needs to do, <laughs> snowbird on defense. Uh, but it's really been just another interesting watch. I mean, this, this team's going to be painful this year, y'all. I don't know what else to say. I had more hope for them, but the injuries have – just like in football, have killed us. Um, and we, we've we got one guy that I feel comfortable uh, handling the ball, and that's Kyra Lewis, and he has not played as well uh, after, you know, after his first four or five games this year, he has not been playing very well, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, that's going to be something. But Alabama does have a 10-point lead, and they have scored 94 points with five minutes to go in the game. So that's, that's a positive. Hopefully we're not talking about a crazy loss tomorrow. But, Jimmy, we better run. Um, 
And so roll tide, everybody. We'll talk more recruiting tomorrow, we promise. Roll tide.